I got suggested to watch the movie from a friend who has nothing to do with uh, gaming, crypto, and all that sort of thing. Uh, and I was pretty mm. late to watch it after the release. And after watching it and having a conversation with them, I was just like, dude, do you know like that all these things are like happening now? Like, do you realize like how close we are to all this? <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to the Metaverse podcast. My name is Archetype, and I'm joined by my co-host, Atlas Theory. And today we have a very special episode suggested to us by one of our listeners. This one comes in from The Last Cobra, and it reads, Y'all definitely got to watch Ready Player One tonight, then do a video about it. So that's what we're here to do today. Uh, I've seen it a few times. I also read the book. What about you, Archetype? Yeah, um, haven't read the book because I'm lazy. <laughs> Went straight <laughs> to the movie. Um, yeah, I watched it a little while ago. And then after that comment, I thought, yeah, it's time to uh, jump back in and have a little refresher. And uh, uh, yeah, I was really surprised because it had been a while since I watched it. And just to see how many things that are happening now, which is really cool. Yeah, there are stuff that's like, oh, we're already here, almost, you know? <laughs> um, so we'll get into a lot of that, but shout out to The Last Cobra. Thank you for the suggestion. This is our first, yeah, community-submitted video topic. So so many things to unpack from that movie. Um, do you have a place you want to start or kind of dive in? Ooh, um, yes. I think to set up, like what we're going to talk about, it's really cool to understand when this story was written, because a lot of the things that were portrayed in the movie, um, it, they seem normal now because we've got them. But back when that story was written, like these things weren't either mainstream, they weren't happening at all. Like it, it would have been hard to envision these things. Like a true futurist would have been able to write these things down but i don't think that you would have expected them to be here now mm -hmm. so quickly so the book was published in 2010 mm. which is not that far after you know the the introduction of say like bitcoin um because right. that plays a part in it we didn't have nfts we didn't have all these things and also like you got to think that how long was that writer thinking up the story and writing it down. Like it takes years to develop a story like that. Um, and for it to get to the point where it's published. So 2010 being published, you know, the, the writer of the story could have been working on this for two, three years prior to this. Um, so I think mm -hmm. that that's a really interesting point, um, of, of when the story was written, putting that in context. Yeah. It, it really like brings you in. You try to think back on like what was around at that time. I think Snow Crasher was out. Um, yeah, that was correct me if I'm wrong. I think 92. Yeah. We had uh, other hints. Um, for instance, like at big fairs, there would be like the kind of boxed in like early VR ish, like, you know, attractions. Um, 
we had, I believe, Eve Online. I know that we had Second Life. I think that was mm-hmm. 2003. So we have like yeah. these hints of like the metaverse and, you know, where it was going. And I think that the author, you know, taking, especially in the book, 80s games and references and like just, you know, putting those in there is just beautiful. I yeah. I really enjoyed the book. I really enjoyed the movie. I think it's actually one of like the few pieces where you can enjoy them separately without being like the movie was better or the book was better. Like oh, yeah. they're their own yeah. pieces of work. Yeah. Hmm. That's cool. Yeah. I felt the movie was a little bit Hollywood, not knowing the book. I'm guessing hmm. the book probably did it better in, in those cases, but I felt like the movie kind of followed that whole Hollywood recipe of a love story, you know, um, the good guy getting in a situation that looks impossible to get out of someone turns up and, you know, shoots the villain in the back and (laughs) those sorts of things. Um, Yeah. yeah, but I was still great movie. I think that they kind of showed power of like IP, um, which is something we've talked about before, you know, Mm. just all the different games that showed up and all the different references from pop culture that showed up in that movie is insane. Like I've watched a video, they didn't have a counter, but it was like all the good things about Ready Player One. And mm. like he just pointed out reference after reference. And that was really, really cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Even for, um, I know we mentioned the book was, you know, published in 2010, but <clears throat> the movie itself, 2016, mm-hmm. uh, we didn't even really have a lot of those things as well. So not only have you got to take the storyline, but then you have to add visuals to that. And what would that look like? So I think even for 2016, for them to add visuals of, you know, things like the haptic, the uh, headsets, all those sorts of things, um, the game, the gameplay, like the environment and things like that. um, They're really, you know, like stretching the imagination to think about what things might look like. And I think they nailed it. Mm-hmm. No, I, I I believe so. And I like that you mentioned the haptics because uh, that's an episode we've done. But the comment that we're basing this video off of um, was on our AI companion um, yeah. episode, which does have hints in Ready Player One, especially with like um, the newest hap- haptic suit released, like feel the real, you know, yeah. and yeah, just like those implications with AI companions and so on and so forth. We don't have to go down that rabbit hole, but yeah, it's just, oh man, Ready Player One touched on so many things. Do you want to go through some of those? Cause, um, yeah, I think it would be cool to list off some things that, uh, that you saw that we have now that maybe weren't mainstream or, or weren't even a concept like back when the story was written. Hmm. Well, I feel bad taking this one because you actually pointed out to me, um, <laughs> but ready player one has play and earn. Yeah. Play because earn yeah. Cause he's sitting in the back of like the races and you know, he's picking up the coins as he goes. <clears throat> I just kind of accepted, like, I kind of got lost in, like, the Hollywood magic during the race scene. I didn't understand that concept until you had it um, and you wrote it to me the other day. So I was mm-hmm. like, 
oh, wow, like it actually did touch on this. Like that was such a seamless integration um, into a metaverse-like circumstance that like, yeah, you can totally see that happening. And I don't know why it's all up uproar in the gaming community. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, um, I think if you watch that and you're not up to speed with all that sort of thing like it's kind of a fun concept right like if you didn't really know the um controversy between you know play to earn and just free free to play or you know purchase a game and play kind of thing um Mm -hmm. you would watch that and just go oh that's kind of cool like he's collecting the coins like um if it's just game coins you know people don't really have a problem with it as soon as you add monetary value like real world value for some reason, people get funny about it, which is strange. Um, I got suggested to watch the movie from a friend who has nothing to do with uh, gaming, crypto, and all that sort of thing. Uh, and I was pretty mm. late to watch it after the release. And after watching it and having a conversation with them, I was just like, dude, do you know like that all these things are like happening now? Like, Do you realize like how close we are to all this? Um, yeah and they they were kind of oblivious to it but we really are we're like we're ticking off boxes of things that are in that movie what are some other things that you saw well i mean one more point um to that was that he used game winnings to purchase his haptic suit in real life so it like further solidifies that point you know that the money branch is over into the real world. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so other things I saw is let's kind of go through the intro. The intro really lays it all out there. Um, yeah. And it brings us to Planet Doom, which is another, you know, location that's play and earn, play to earn, play to win. <laughs> no, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> a lot of things. You see people spending a lot of money to uh, upgrade their armor and their weapons. And you see, like, the impact that it has because it's permadeath, basically, as well, uh, which mm-hmm. is a concept that's kind of being played around with um, in Star Atlas and a few other games. Um, Do you have anything to, like, say about maybe the Planet Doom scene or, or before it? Mm. I was trying to understand uh, whether or not real life money and circumstances had anything to do with the gameplay. I thought that was an interesting mm. point because they said if, uh, what did they say? It, everybody starts out the same and, yeah. and you have to like earn your upgrades basically, which was just time spent. And then when you looked at like that Planet Doom and when everyone was like battling off against each other, even the race, um, there was no one really with like an advantage on mm-hmm. what, what, uh, what they had in real life versus, uh, what was happening in the game. So for example, you had the main character, um, possible, he had a particular sort of like car and all that sort of thing. But in real life, mm-hmm. he was pretty much dirt poor. And then you had the villain who was, um, you know, the owner of that, the sixes, like that company, um, and all the tech that they had behind that, you know, they had all the good yeah. omnidirectional, like, uh, walk pads and the cool big chair that he sits in the haptics. But when it came to gameplay, I don't know that it really translated that they had an advantage 
even though they had real world mm. money. So I was trying to understand, yeah. like, is that something that they were going for to make it fair that everybody starts out the same and they just have to put time into it? I thought that was an interesting concept. Yeah, I'm trying to think of the exact line, but it does mention that. It also mentions, um, I'm going to use different language than what the film uh, used, but loot drops, basically. Um, They talked about how it was like randomly placed so that it wasn't based on like level. Anyone could get it. Um, So I think that's what like kind of equaled the playing field in in Planet Doom. Um, But they also took us through a whole world, a universe where they like went over different planets. Like there's a Minecraft place. There's a golfing world. There was what Mount Everest with Batman, I believe it yeah. was. <laughs> yeah. uh, and and I don't know if you have the direct quote, but I believe it was something like, um, "People came f- for all the things they could do, but stayed for all the things they could be." Um, yeah. And what a powerful concept. Um, that we are kind of preaching on this podcast and also like many are preaching in this space that like Mm. you can really be anything you want to be. (laughs) It's a two part, uh, two pronged, uh, approach to what we think of the metaverse. Um, because we can, we can focus so heavily on gameplay, uh, or on socials all those sorts of things. And I think that it really just shows that there's going to be something for everybody once this metaverse takes place. I think too, Mm -hmm. like you mentioned the different worlds and the different IPs where ready play one is kind of piecing all those things together. Mm -hmm. And so it's sort of like a universe more so than you jump out of one thing and jump into another. Um, yeah which is difficult because the the movie sort of showed that if if you were to have something like that it's great but ultimately like someone has to own that larger umbrella space um and if one person owns it it can be you know detrimental to the whole thing (laughs) yeah people can have control going off of that um that I find interesting, especially like being a part of star Atlas and other like communities that are space focused is he doesn't explicitly say it, but it's heavily implied that you have to get from world to world. Um, mm-hmm. cause the millennium Falcon is mentioned once. And then another ship is mentioned and he's like, I was able to get to this place or this planet in this many minutes. Um, and those were like things I didn't catch until I watched it, you know, a few days ago to get a refresher. And I was like, oh man, like it really shows that these games that are being built now might be the base layer to, mm-hmm. you know, what is coming, not just IP wise, but in you, yeah, more utility. Yeah. I kind of see it like when they talk about in crypto layer ones layer twos and then even like a layer zero uh, Mm. which is sort of like that foundation level which all the layer ones can sit on and there's a few people looking at that where they can have interoperability between 
different blockchains, those different blockchains being layer ones, then sit onto sort of like a platform that connects them all, which they're calling a layer zero. Uh, whether or not that gets developed, um, yeah. And then the question is, you know, does somebody own that, or is it more like a whole new base level of, say, like an internet um, that things sit on, which is interesting. Yeah, that is. Did you catch um, anything else that you want to dive into? Mm. Yes. <laughs> um, Mons- I know that was kind of an abrupt transition. but <laughs> no, <laughs> That's cool. I got a list here. Um, mods. I thought that was cool. Like, yes. Uh, was it H building their own yeah, H. mod, like their Iron Man giant thing? Mm-hmm. Um, that's interesting. I, I don't know how it works because you've you can't just have people creating whatever they want with yeah. abilities and all that sort of thing. So it has to come down to either resources, time spent, money, that sort of thing that goes into this thing. Um, but it's definitely an exciting concept that you could build whatever you want, really. Yeah. Yeah. That good old iron giant and H mentions that it's a commission, which is cool too, because that implies people are making money building things in this, yeah. In this world, in the Oasis. Um, Hmm. Is there any games that you feel have ticked that box already? I'm going to speak from a wider web three perspective, perhaps. Um, I know that um, while it's not being done now, the original pitch for the Utes NFT collection was that it would be released with same rarity, which they were, but also that at some point um, artists could submit um, their work or their items to have drawn onto those Utes or, um, people could commission artists from the space to yeah create um a hat let's say you know my hat on my ute yeah and so on and so forth but yeah yeah, i think that was a good hint and then i think that's (laughs) i keep mentioning it but star atlas is actually doing this like Mm. but the way that they're doing it is they're coming at it from a blueprint perspective and it's going to start with rocket ships but i think it'll branch out to almost everything where we have to submit blueprints for approval. Once they're approved, we can probably sell and trade those things. Yeah. I kind of felt watching it that Star Atlas really had this movie as a guideline. Um, Mm -hmm. Because a lot of what they're doing, they're doing right. They're doing um, with this. Say if if they were to watch this movie and they took notes on all the things that are good, about this metaverse and all the things that are bad. It seems like they're following that playbook of let's just play from the good side and let's, you know, give power to the people. Let's let them, you know, do what they want and and have ownership, which is cool. Was there any other items that you saw in there that's worth talking about? So the thing I really love about Ready Player One is, (laughs) shoot, I'm forgetting the name of it, but the Hall of Records just this AI character that guides anybody to experience moments in the past. In this aspect, it was about um, the creator of the Oasis and he had stored basically his memories that you could view in an exhibit like 
presentation. Um, and this is something we have already seen. I think you and I have sent each other videos of people using 3D cameras to map out um, like a room um, mm -hmm. or take a picture that you can move around in um, of your relatives. And you know, video is not that far away. I think instead of the family video camera, um, and we've mentioned this in a podcast, we're going to set a, uh, just a little stick in the center of the room and it's going to capture our Christmas morning and so on and so forth. And we're going to be able to view our families and then in the future, our descent, like entire generations mm -hmm. of our family and like how they lived in special moments they had. Um, and that was something I think Ready Player One is way ahead of the curve on. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that wasn't definitely, it wasn't on my radar until just recently when we had our conversation about that. Um, mm -hmm. as, especially now with AI and what we've seen it be able to do because prior to AI, if you were to say to someone, um, you can take a photo or a video of something and you might not be able to capture everything in that memory, in that one piece of time, but the computer mm -hmm. will be able to generate the rest of the room, the rest of the conversation, that sort of thing. You would think, yeah, you know, whatever, maybe when we get quantum computing. Um, but now with AI, that's totally possible. Like even mm -hmm. from either a single image, like we might not necessarily need that camera in the center of the room. It could be just a single image and it makes up the rest. Um, or even from a description, you know, yeah. if you think about a memory, um, it said that, and I'm, I'm just sort of paraphrasing here, but basically most of memory is like made up and you can trick someone's memory as well. And the memory mm. that you have is not a hundred percent what actually happened. It's your version of it. And, and you see that quite clearly when, you know, an event might happen and, people are interviewed say in court or by the police or, or something like that you might have 50 percent of the story that matches between everybody who was a witness to that but then they're all slightly different stories and you have to overlap those to get you know the corresponding sort of things that that match and then and that's where they sort of come to a conclusion of what happened so it could be as simple as you create that memory that might not be a hundred percent right but at least you have that visual and you can come back to it anytime and that mm. almost becomes truth for you you know it might not be a hundred percent exactly what happened but because you know the ai is making some of that stuff up but uh you've got it there yeah no, that's really really true i am actually going to stop because I can dive into this and maybe we could do another whole episode on it um, <laughs> uh, again, but this has so many implications for like how this would, you know, come about, mm. but I'll stop here. I want to do a little recap because I've, I, yeah. we didn't cover everything on that list, but I just want the listeners to, uh, to have a think about this because there were so many things that, like we said before, weren't mainstream or weren't even a concept, but were in that movie. So uh, I'm just going to read off that real quick uh, and then Let's we'll finish it. up. In the opening scene, we had drone delivery pizza. 
that wasn't a thing. <laughs> it's it's pretty much a thing now. We're starting yeah. to see drone delivery. Yeah, uh, we had omnidirectional treadmills. So the things that yeah. you saw when they had the VR headset and they're running and it's like this treadmill that can go in any direction. I think that they had those back then, but they're definitely much more uh, mainstream to the consumer market now. Mm-hmm. Um, the IP, like all the different um, characters in that video game, we're seeing a lot more brands come in now, um, jumping into this metaverse and gaming space and really sharing out their IP. Um, we had game coins. We had yeah. artifacts, artifacts, which is interesting. Um, a high risk zone, so to speak. So if you're in that place, your avatar can die and you can lose everything. We had mods, which we talked about, um, haptic feedback. We had, uh, the video <laughs> memories, like we yeah. were saying, um, bounty hunters, usernames and digital fashion. So I thought that was pretty cool. That is really, really cool. There's so much in there. Ah, it's you definitely needs a few watches to like try mm-hmm. to even capture, and even then you probably wouldn't get everything. <laughs> <laughs> so before we end, I should mention that there is a book out called Ready Player Two. Uh, I wonder if they're going to do a movie on it as well. Um, however, I have not read it. Um, I might dive into it, although I have kind of stayed away because i heard it's not great um (laughs) from multiple sources so um yeah but still maybe i should go try to find out for myself um yeah yeah but other than that man yeah well we can cover off on that when they make the movie we'll uh we'll have an episode to do on that one um i really enjoyed this one man um you know this was our first uh, listener suggested episode and we want to do more of these so if you have a suggestion of something that you'd like us to talk about uh drop it in the comments below if you're watching on youtube or hit us up on where can they find us Alice theory yeah so i mean on twitter at uh, metaverse pod you can hit us up um or find all of our stuff at metaversepod.com um or on your favorite audio platforms just metaverse podcast so Make sure to come find us. Come hit us up. Awesome. We'll see you guys on the next one. And in the meantime, stay versed. Stay versed. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> stay versed. <laughs>